Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a virgin guest on the show. I know him. I love him. I was on his show not too long ago. He's an up-and-comer in the podcast community and a wonderful, beautiful soul that everybody should listen to and grow to love just as I have. Welcome, Drew, from the Drewcast. How are you, my dear? I'm doing fantastic, deplorable Janet. I lo- I love it. Thank you very much for that introduction. It's a, uh, I don't know if it's deserved, but I'll take it. You yes, know it I mean? is. <laughs> I, I appreciate you big time. You uh, you were the first podcaster I had on my show, and um, I got a ton of great feedback from uh, my friends about the show, and they loved it. And you had gone on to talk about, you know vaccines and what you know what might happen in your body and mm-hmm. you know what studies have kind of shown with the mm-hmm. rna vaccine and and that was the first youtube thing i got <laughs> it got taken down Woo-hoo. within a week and they're like if you get another one you're done boy so i'm, I'm like dang uh, yeah that kind of follows me around i had a patriot party podcast um yeah I, the very first time they got removed uh from from spotify was because i was on their show <laughs> that's crazy you're not like you're not even a bad like like you you didn't say anything bad you just said hey i've been a nurse for so long this is what they've shown me in the hospital this is what they told me to do and i did it and uh it just seems as if like i thought you were great and i thought you had nothing bad to say or anything like demonizing so i was just like what why, yeah why they don't happen? They don't like you to talk about uh, the V word um, and lots of other things. They don't like conversations about that. So, you know, the powers that uh, own YouTube also own Google. So there you go. <laughs> so so what platform do you use for your video? Because I was talking with a, a guy about it today and he's like, you need to get on a different platform. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Yeah. My video um, is only on Roku TV, but a lot of people use Rumble because Rumble doesn't censor okay all right well then i'll get on rumble that sounds like a better idea i don't know sorry about the strike though (laughs) it happens you know it's all good and and badge of honor dude (laughs) i I agree uh the white rabbit kind of hit me up and he's like welcome to the family um yeah but uh i just plan on in the future if i do throw anything up on youtube like if we have actually a decent conversation about something medical that they don't like us to talk about then i'll probably just throw clips on youtube and then just be Mm -hmm. like if you want to listen to it go to exactly this website all that good stuff but yeah people have to be very sneaky about how they do things these days because of the uh censorship overlords who uh seem to rule our country now so you know it's kind of crazy like that's what blows my that's kind of why i started the podcast because i Mm -hmm. I noticed it going on and i was like i and I don't know why they're censoring flat earth, you know what I mean? And stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like, it just seems like it's a, it's a fun conversation and yet you're, you're, they, they didn't take down one of my videos of a guy talking about flat earth, but they definitely hide it. Mm -hmm. Like if you try to look it up, it's, you got to like go to my Drewcast website and like really go to the bottom and then there it is. And even then it's kind of tough to find. And I'm just like, why are you censoring all this stuff? Well, here's the, Here's the beautiful thing about that. And I have a um, really good friend that that said it best. He said they don't censor nonsense. And so they only censor things that are truthful that they don't want you to see. Um, So think about like 
uh, election interference, flat earth, vaccination stuff, all of those things are topics that the truth is revealed literally continually throughout time. And, and they don't, you know, they don't want that shit out there for people to actually see. So kudos to you though for, for your first strike. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just find it like, I'm like, you know, for anybody that's like noticing it, like, how can you not be like, I, I like, how can you not be like, this is fucked up. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could swear on here. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, how can you not say that's, that's messed up? Like, what if I, you know, own a business and then say the next party takes over the Republicans and then the Republicans don't like what you're saying. And mm -hmm. then they're like, you know, we're going to, we're going to take you down. And exactly. It's just a double-edged sword that I don't think people want to play with, but they're allowing it. Um, mm -hmm. But it is just the big tech gods like YouTube and Twitter. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they have no competition really right now. Everybody else is kind of like just starting up if they are trying to, you know, go against mm -hmm. the machine. And so hopefully those blow up. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, but you know, um, as long as the uh, statutes are the way that they are, um, as far as their protections, they're going to continue. They're going to get away with literally anything they want to censor or do or, you know, people they want to remove. And it's so funny because um, like, especially with the, you know, pandemic stuff, how many people that they removed their accounts for talking about hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, um, things of that nature. And, you know, shadow banned and removed their accounts, deleted content stuff like that and then the cdc quietly recently changed all of that that now those are protocols that's that's uh yeah mm -hmm. i've noticed that as well same with like people who talked about the vaccine they got mm -hmm. deplatformed and then all of a sudden the cdc is saying you know the vaccine doesn't really do anything so you know the mm -hmm. unvaccinated are now cool to hang with the vaccinated yeah exactly it's just it's just clown town i i don't try to live in it i try to because it's kind of a social media thing like amen to that and, yeah and it's not it's not the real world for me and so same it, it hasn't been like it when covid hit um i'm a construction guy so like and i live in southern california so when it hit My I condolences Appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Right. So it hit the COVID night or whatever it 2020 hit lockdown started. There was a part of me that was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm going to get like two weeks off. I haven't had two weeks exactly. off in a long time. And then they were like, uh, oh, what was it? The essential workers. Then they yeah, started you're, naming off. You're the essential. essential. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I got to go to work. Uh, it was cool, though. The the freeways were like, I live uh, in Orange County and like the 405 freeway, which is a really known freeway that leads. Into oh, LA. it's horrific. It's terrible. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like for me to get home from Malibu a couple times after work, it took me four hours to go I like five miles, which is, yeah. yeah, it sucks. But um, yeah, it was, they were, the freeways were like, a ghost town and it was great it was weird it was it, like the first like month was just fantastic going to work but we <laughs> we didn't really know how bad it was so we were just like we we're kind of on edge but then like i i started calculating the numbers and i noticed that 
the deaths were very relatable to the flu once I projected mm -hmm. it out for a full year. And right. that's when I, that's when I stopped worrying about it. I stopped worrying about it probably a month and a half after. And right. And then it's crazy that people are still wearing masks and still under this. <laughs> they're under a spell. I was just going to say that somebody cast a, a big old spell on a lot of the population. And, and, you know, to each his own, like if you want to wear one and you want to wear one in your car by yourself, um, <laughs> do you yeah. do you? Uh, yeah. So people are, are a little, um, a little cuckoo about that and it, it was funny because um usually my husband doesn't go to the store with me and he went to the store with me the other day and i said did you see that guy and he's like what and i'm like goggles face shield two face mask gloves the whole nine yards and he's like are you kidding me and i'm like nope and then he walked by and went in front of us and i'm like that's the one and he's like oh <laughs> Is that the best though? Like it's it's starting to become like uh, you see like a, a a zoo animal in the zoo. Like oh, like, I remember that thing. Like, yeah. can I take a picture of you? You're yeah. like an endangered species. <laughs> I feel there's a part of me that feels bad for them. Like I'm like, man, you're yeah. that scared. Like I would yeah. be that. You know, I, I I believe in God and what and all that stuff. And same, he, he says like I, there's a verse in Revelations where it says, "I will cast." Uh, he says the the fear ones who fear he will cast in the fiery lake first, and and, and that's a big mm -hmm. that's a big verse right there. Like the ones who fear he will cast into the lake as well. So it's like you got to recognize that as a I don't know in your spirit that try not to fear. I guess. Um, well, and that's funny that you said that because um, the laughable part for me during the whole thing okay was all of the churches that were promoting and pushing uh wearing masks and vaccination and stuff and i'm like okay so you're telling people not to have belief that god has the power to heal um okay that yeah that's makes perfect sense that's a church i certainly don't want to be a part of no no yeah. not at all um and there was a couple, like, I was really proud of that church in Canada. I forgot who it was, but this guy was like, get out Nazis. Like the when the police were trying to shut him down. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you saw that video. It's a kind of an older video, but um, the people who did stand their ground, I, I respect them a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And you had a lot of people, you know, in California that were, that were fighting back and were like, nope, you know, we're going to stay open regardless. And, you know, there's a lot of people that um, I think it's so easy for people to give into societal pressures, you know, and and normalization of behaviors and things that a lot of people just are not cut out to to withstand that kind of pressure and stress. It about got me. Um, my my wife is kind of nonchalant. Uh, she doesn't. I've been thinking in this conspiracy mind of mine for a long time, for probably about once I realized that we didn't go to the moon, that's when I was like, wait a sec. Like, I was like, I started looking into that. I had a friend tell me, um, uh, he's like, have you ever seen the, I forget what it was, but it, it, they're, they landed on the moon and then they're leaving the moon. And there's a video of them leaving the moon. 
And um, he's like, have you ever seen that video? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And so he played it for me. And I just started laughing because it was like Star Wars. It was like, mm-hmm. and like yeah. all these. And so that's whenever I was like, wait a second. Okay, let me look into this moon thing. And then they said they called a landline to the president yes. of the yes. United States from uh-huh. 230,000 miles away. Right. And I was like, wait a second. I drop calls all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's and like I call people, you know what I mean? And I'm like, and we didn't have wireless back then. So um, how would they run a cable all the way to the moon for the I, phone call? Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that burn up in the atmosphere? Hmm. And then and then you look more into it, and then we, you know, they say we I'm like we're like, hey, when can we go back? And they're like, you know, well, we lost the technology right or destroyed the technology to go back exactly but we're going to mars and i'm like okay all right and then <laughs> and then they say they say you know we we can't go back because of the radiation belt around the earth right and i'm van like Allen. what van allen belt and i'm like mm-hmm. okay all right you guys are full of shit and then that's when I, <laughs> that's when i just started looking into things and i was just like yeah man th- these people are lying their ass off and i a hundred percent and, and they yeah. get a lot of money to do so as well. I mean, look at, you know, the the NASA and the space industry, um, astrology, uh, the medical industry, uh, military industry, all of that. It, like they make their money off lying to people for a living. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I know. used to be all gung ho after 9-11. Like I was I was a young kid when 9-11 happened and I was. I'm from the Midwest, uh, Kansas, and I was like, dude, I, I want to join the military. I want to fight from for the freedom of America. Somebody right. attacked somebody attacked us. And uh right. and then you look into that day that just, you know, we just had its reunion. What what is it? It's twenty second re- or twenty first reunion or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And um all these videos are popping up of like I don't know. They say always remember, but they only remember the two towers. What about building seven? Exactly. And yeah. so there's just so much. Anyways, so I want to totally... sketch. Yeah, it's super <laughs> sketchy. Um, but I about did a lot. I about joined the military like a lot of my friends did. But um, I ended up falling in love with this girl from Southern California my senior year. And she was like, you're not joining the army. You're coming out here. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, puppy, puppy love. I, I, dude, man. I, I, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I, luckily, you know, I, I'm really happy that happened because I don't know. I don't know what my life would be like if I would have joined the military. Maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't right. have an arm or a leg. IED would have blown me up or, um, or I'd be in some serious PTSD to where I'm just staring at walls and mm-hmm. drinking myself and taking pain pills all the time. And right. It's just, yeah, it's insane. You know, that's what um, I want to get into a little bit of your story because um, I'm a firm believer in, you know, you wind up on the path that you're supposed to be on. You know, and and things happen for a reason. And so um, you moved to California to follow this girl. And I want you to tell people what happened. Okay. Well, it was it was uh, my last year of high school, 2007. I got hit up on MySpace by this girl 
and uh, she was like just a really beautiful girl. And I was like, who's this spam girl hitting me up? You know, because I, I, li <laughs> I live in a small town and uh, there's no girls that were really, really, really beautiful like this girl. And so anyways, I uh, I kind of ignored it. And then I, I got hit up again. And then I realized who it was. It was my childhood friend's older sister. And so I went to visit her that Christmas break and I ended up smoking weed for the first time. Um <laughs> Yeah, and getting a tattoo on my butt. Anyways, <laughs> I didn't yeah. know about the tattoo part. <laughs> well, it's it says your name. It's like Stevo's. Uh, her sister woke me up one day. I was, and like, I was, and he doesn't mean my name, as in me. So yes. just to clarify that, <laughs> I I ended up winning a lot of money, or like uh, I'd be like, you know, I we say I didn't have money for Sonic. I'd be like. Hey Jeremiah, I got your name tattooed in my butt, and he's like, "No, you didn't." I was like, "I'll bet you ten bucks. I'll bet you a meal." And then, bam! There's your name. It just like yeah, your name. I told my grandma that I got your name tattooed in my butt. And she started crying. She was so happy, and I was like, "Oh crap!" Like she didn't understand that it's just your name, not actually Ruth Logan. Um, <laughs> but so I I came to Cali. Uh, fell in love with california you know we we talk a lot of crap on it now and the politics mm -hmm. are terrible Pricey, but, yeah but when you're a little 19 year old you don't pay attention to politics and right um and i it was the first time i'd basically seen palm trees and mm -hmm. um the weather is impeccable it's uh right absolutely beautiful out here when it comes to weather and then you have all Except these during fire season which we are <laughs> in right now right and uh it's it's actually yeah it's been kind of miserable it's been 100 degrees and muggy and uh there's where i work there's like the sun's been cast out by the smoke um mm -hmm. and you just smell smoke and then you look at your weather index thing and it says like not good to breathe and um the fire is out here intense uh oh yeah what happens i was just telling my stepdaughter about it i was like you know what happens is we get this good rain that comes in and then everything grows really well and you know it always happens around december february we, we get a lot of rain and then uh and then yeah it just kind of just grows amazing california is a great place to grow stuff and mm -hmm. uh and then come august and september it just dries up like crazy like it, it's weird it just dries up and then you just know you're like okay when's the fire gonna happen and mm -hmm. um that's what yeah. my husband um is from California and for the people that are <clears throat> super into climate change, I'm going to clear something up for you. Um, the wildfires in California are not from climate change. It literally happens every year. Um, we're a lot older than most. And so, you know, all growing up and, and whatnot, when he was living there, he always said that that was one of the seasons there was fire season. Yes. So yeah. that is not a, uh, that's not a climate change thing. Yeah. I, I heard uh, Sam Tripley on the Temple Hat podcast one time when the fires were happening up north in paradise. He's like, yeah, man, uh, they're shooting probably lasers down to start the fires. And, and then what's crazy is firefighters were actually starting fires. And I went to firefighting school. I went to fire one, which is wildfire. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, Sam, it's called, you basically burn what you do is you know that the fire's coming this certain burn. way, so you have a control burn. And then yeah. I wanted to reach through the podcast and be like, it's called a control burn, you idiot. Exactly. 
but yeah. um you're right it's it's a it's a very seasonal and that's thing. that's honestly no different than um farmers that do a controlled burn on their field it's exactly. the same thing exactly they did that in kansas and they still do yeah um i'm, I'm not sure why like uh, they say that it helps like put nutrients um, nutrients back yeah soil. back into the soil but yeah I'm not a scientist, so I don't understand all that, but, um, so yeah, so I moved out to California. Uh, we actually moved to Chico after a year of being together, which Chico is right by paradise where that big fire happened. I, I met some people who ended up losing their homes during that fire. I haven't talked to them in years, but, um, then we had a bad breakup. I moved to Idaho uh, basically with my cousin basically became homeless because it was during the recession and I mm -hmm. lived in Boise and, uh, there was no jobs. Yeah. There's not much to do there. No. Mm -hmm. And, and anybody who <clears throat> ran some raves about Idaho, I'm the number one guy that's going to be like, go ahead and have it. Cause I don't want it. <laughs> hard pass for me. Yeah, again. Hard pass I can for mark me. that down. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like I've lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've lived in Kansas cali in idaho and um so far idaho has been the worst economically or or making money wise um it's just a small little bubble in yeah. there but but yeah. a lot of people find their niche there and they love it and you know i got friends there uh they love it but it just didn't treat me so good so i just mm -hmm. that's for the birds yeah. um but yeah and then i ended up you know missing this girl or whatever so i i I played guitar since I was 15 and, uh, I start, I started writing songs. I, I met who is now my best friend and I went to college for firefighting in Hutch, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And I lived with him and we wrote music. I wrote the music and played the songs and he would just urge me to play. He's like, keep playing, keep playing. Cause I was kind of an in the closet player singer. I didn't like to, uh, sing for people that, right. you know, you, you're pretty vulnerable when you, give all your emotions away so right um and these were some puppy dog love emotions i was in young it was my first love you know so uh i wrote a 10 song album and then ended up recording it and then a couple friends were like hey do you need drums i'm like yeah you want to be on it and then hey i could be bass and then pretty soon we formed this band and they just called it the andrew logan band and uh we did pretty good in uh southwest kansas uh I remember a friend hit me up that one of my songs was on the radio in Denver. And I was like, that's cool. And uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, all right. Then. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> and, and uh, but um, nothing really happened. You know, I thought I was going to be the next Jason Aldean. I thought I was and and, you know, I, maybe if I had pursued really, really tough, I could have done something with it. But um, that was with my friends. And then uh, I, I ended up, real like not liking the album after playing it for a year and a half i was like dude i'm tired of singing about this girl i'm over this girl mm -hmm. i'm done with this so i kind of just went on a different path to welding school and then i i i was valedictorian at that school which was cool and then i headed out to newport beach california in 2012 and i've been here ever since and uh in 2017 and 18 um I linked up with these two guys uh, who were doing music really tough out here. One's name is Charm Britton. Uh, the other one is Scotty Dykstra. He goes by Wingman. But um, 
Charm had like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. He knew Drake. He knew Lil Wayne. He used to deliver cars to uh, um, who's the guy who beat up his girlfriend, Rihanna? Which one? <laughs> Chris I know, right? Brown. Chris, Chris Brown. Brown. Yeah, See, you knew it. So <clears throat> Chris Brown. He, Only because he knew... you said Rihanna. <laughs> yep. I was thinking NFL. NFL player. Oh no, joke. Yeah, there's a ton of those. Uh, so I then linked up with this guy named charm he lived in my apartment complex and uh he kind of plugged me into these studios around here that are really nice i had never recorded in a studio this nice and uh i made an instagram and i ended up getting like four thousand followers pretty quick off of two songs and i was like this is cool mm -hmm. and um so then i wrote my i did features in their stuff and then i ended up writing like three or four more songs on my own and um i really i really thought some of them would take off i know one of them played in la uh and so then i met my wife and uh i knocked her up and then now so <laughs> now I, now i'm just a dad and and i love being a dad i'm really happy i didn't go down the path of music because i'd have lost my soul i really do mm -hmm. think i would have right um I've, I've been looking up the Illuminati since 2010 and the symbolisms, you know, and then mm -hmm. the, the, all, all oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so I know it's a real thing and I hear plenty of celebrities talk about how mm -hmm. like there's a video of, uh, what's that guy's name? He's a comedian. He's really short. He's, he's a Kevin black Hart. Dude. Yes. There's a video of Kevin Hart and, uh, the girl Kelly Clarkson and Kelly Clarkson brings up, you know, this group came up to me and offered me millions to promote what they want. And, and Kevin Hart goes, exactly. like, like he stopped the conversation right away. It's a really sketchy video. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll like, I don't know if you can look it up, but yeah. And it's so funny that, um, you know, that like your path changed so drastically because you were so set on, you know, doing music and, oh, yeah. and whatever. So, what is the difference like for you from going to that's what you know and love and want to do to, you know, being married and having a child and that's your world now? How is that for you? You know, in comparison, one is empty. The other one's a lot of sacrifice, but it's my cup is filled. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the music stuff, um, I was doing it for all the wrong reasons. There was a part of me that, you know, wanted it's therapy to get out your emotions, to right. get out your feelings. That part of it is healthy. I think um, when you start adding in, what can I do to get more girls? Um, what can I do to get more followers? What can I do mm -hmm. to please my flesh? Like that's when it gets, um, that's when it gets, you just fall into the pleasures of this world. And I feel like that's a slippery slope, especially if you do do it well. Right. And, and you actually do. Um, Cause I just got a little bit of a taste of it. I literally started doing this and then I met my wife. So like mm -hmm. I got just a little taste of it and um, I could tell that it was very addicting and it was very, I mean, when girls like just like follow you because you sing like exactly it's pretty crazy it's like dang i could message you and and, <clears throat> and you'd probably be like oh my gosh she's messaging me and then mm -hmm. and it was just it doesn't easy. matter it's four o'clock in the morning yeah it's exactly. absolutely i'll meet you <laughs> yep and exactly so i just um 
I would say, I would say, uh, it's a young man's game. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm 34 now. So like I, I was getting into it pretty late and my dream has always been to have a family, have a wife, have kids. Mm -hmm. I'm very traditional. Um, and so I would have just never been fulfilled if I would have been really successful unless I somehow pulled it off at being, cause there are singers that I believe like that have made it big and then they end up, um, having a, a solid wife and solid family. Um, mm-hmm. it's definitely not easy. I don't know if right, I fall no. into that category though. And I would think that would take, um, like to be still in the profession and, to you know to have a family i would think that would take a lot a lot of trust on both parts and really good communication and that stuff is very difficult for some people it's really hard for some people to uh trust because of things that happened to them in their past or you know to believe people basically about anything so yeah, I think that's that would be a very complicated uh, dynamic for most people. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if they're bad, like in the conspiracy world. <laughs> I, I, like I don't know, um, but I, maybe they're maybe they're part of the the craziness, like the cult and the Illuminati. Maybe they're a part of all that. Right. To hit that kind of success, uh, it's it's. I want to know if like there's a musician out there that's huge that hasn't been approached or denied that kind of approach to join quote unquote, the Illuminati or this, you know what I mean though? Like, I wonder, it makes me wonder, but you know, every time, like I think that I find somebody that's, you know, really good and I like listening to their stuff and whatever. And then like a picture will come up with them. You know, with yeah. that whole eye thing or, you know, the pyramid and all that shit. And I'm right. like, well, for, I'll throw that out the window now. Yeah. yeah. The New York Patriot, is that is that his podcast? Mm-hmm. He he posted something or, or maybe it was some other guy that uh, you told me about, but he posted a ring. So there was a guy, a rapper that got shot and killed in L.A. yesterday. His name is PNB. I've never heard of him. No clue. Um, yeah, no clue. I don't do rap music, so, you know, I wouldn't well, let, know. Let me tell you this story real quick. So, I like my Instagram, other Instagram, that's my music one, it has all rap stuff. And so I I, I see this kind of stuff pop up. And uh, PNB or whatever his name is, um, it's, it's really sad, actually. He was with his girlfriend the night before. Like, you could click on his story. So you knew he was dead. He got shot. So mm-hmm. he still has a story up from the day before. So it's him and his girlfriend and they are like basically dressed to the nines and uh, he's in a suit and she's in a dress and clearly they went somewhere and they celebrated something. And then uh, he was high on life. And uh, then the next day he's driving probably in LA with the same girl. So he posts a story and he's got his chain on big, big diamond chain that says P and K or whatever. I don't even know who this guy is. And so he has his chain on and then he's got this really nice um, watch and they went and ate at a chicken spot in LA, like a fried chicken place. And somebody just came up with a gun 
they said, give me your, your stuff. And they just shot him. They shot him like six times. And then they just took off his, uh, his chains and his jewelry and they, they ran off with it. And there's like a video of him, like on the ground dying. And it made me realize, you know, what if I would have made that one hit song? What if I would have mm-hmm. done something where I blew up in, in the R and B game, whether I'm singing a hook or, or something right. like, and then I start wearing a chain and then I go to a music award show and then in the street, just bam, like, right. A lot of rappers are getting shot for like. Oh yeah, stupid, they've stupid they've had like a rash of that here. Like there was a couple of months ago where it was like I don't know four or five of them within like a day or two of each other. Because, uh, well, this is Memphis, so. Yeah, no, Memphis is uh is crazy too. Like mm-hmm. well, any any city, you know, you got you got your bad parts and you mm-hmm. got your good parts, but um. There wasn't there like a girl that ran in Memphis not too long ago. Like some girl was running and then she got abducted and mm-hmm. then raped and murdered or something. Yes, that happened last weekend. Yeah. So what what's the story behind that? Um, I, I didn't really hear much about it. There was a, the a couple days just of absolute total shit that went on because, um, like the first day there were two thugs and i'm gonna call them thugs because that's what exactly what they are uh that were streaming on facebook live that um they were gonna go kill a bunch of white people and so that was going on the first day these people they went on a shooting rampage and killed like a bunch of people uh wounded a, a whole bunch more um and then the next day uh that girl was jogging and she always jogs the same path and it was like at four o'clock in the morning which uh, maybe she does that every day before work who knows because i don't i don't know the whole story um but yeah she was she was abducted and you know murdered and and whatnot and then right after that happened there was more thugs um, that were surrounding like the IRS building downtown that were threatening to kill like all the white people. So yeah, it was like a crazy weekend. Um, I think people lost their damn minds here lately. And, uh, you know, I have to say this whole, uh, push for, racial division uh division between males and females you know all of that stuff to me is just complete and total garbage you're either a good person or you're not a good person and it doesn't matter what color you're in what label they slap on you you know what what religion none of that matters you're either good or you're not yeah i know simple i know rednecks that are idiots i know white people that are idiots same I know Asians that are idiots. I know yeah. black people that are idiots, Mexicans that are idiots. And I then, can say that because I grew up in a redneck area. Um, oh, and yeah, there same. are a lot of dumbass rednecks. <laughs> yes. You know, but not all of them because I'm a redneck and I'm not a dumbass. So. I, I, I claim to be a redneck too. I mean, I, yeah. I own it proudly. I like, I like, I like who I am, you know, yeah, me nothing, too. and, and, uh, but you're right. Uh, there's a big, division it started under obama like right. i didn't feel this stuff whenever i was younger and then right and then all of a sudden obama got in there and started bringing race back so uh yep. and then the schools want to do segregations like i've heard some yes. weird stuff about that and i'm like you guys are idiots uh, well yeah you know it's like they fought for so long to be um 
to include everybody, right? Yes. In the same schools and the whole nine yards. And now the push is to resegregate because they only want to have like, uh, you know, black graduation and the white people can't come or black dorms and the white people can't come. And I'm like, that is like, so going back to the, you know, fifties and sixties, like who in their right mind thinks that's a great idea. Every body people are people and we should all be together that's that's just stupid like i, I said know. before it's a lot of social media bullshit because like yeah i i went to the hot tub the other day and there was a black family and we all got along talked oh, about yeah. talked about marvel movies said hey man i hope you have a great time at the beach tomorrow you know yeah i don't i don't i feel like you attract what you put out there so if you're digest, if you're digesting that stuff and you're, you're thinking that you're probably going to see that and pursue it and you're, you're going to become it and that's the issue with mk ultra and that the news is you know that's straight up mk ultra in my opinion it's uh well and the the deal with like the um the thugs that were like uh, we're gonna go kill like every white people every white person we encounter um I guess after they finally apprehended these people from streaming shit on Facebook live, thanks Facebook live, um, by the way for that, but, but Hey, they'll shut down podcasters, right? Yeah. But, hey. the, but they won't shut down a murderous murder. Yeah. So there you go. No, Touche. Um, so anyway, they arrested him and I guess he was like, bawling his eyeballs out because kid was 19 years old and uh he was on drugs and so in the society and the culture that we live in today it was like we have to feel sorry for him and we have to coddle him and baby him because whatever and i'm thinking are they gonna coddle the families of all the dead people no yeah no, it's like we raise up, you know, uh, amoral people to a high status now and, and champion them as heroes in our society. And I, I just don't agree with that. I think it's wrong. I mean, yeah, he made a mistake doing drugs and, and whatever, but there was some kind of hatred inside of him already that was like, okay, like all white people are going to die. And it's, it's the same thing, like, you know, if a white person went on a shooting spree, I would feel the exact same way. Oh, up, yeah. But you yeah, know what I'm here. saying? Like the about, one in New Zealand that shot yeah. all the Muslims a while back. Like, yeah. I was like, it made exactly. me sick to my stomach. And I'm like, burn that guy at the stake. Kill him. A hundred percent. It's that simple. Hey, just get a noose. I don't want to yeah. pay his tax shit. Exactly. Um, and and the funny thing is, you know, with this, this elevation to, like, hero status or you know, codifying this behavior. And then you have all these states now that are coming out with all these new, no cash bail and no time served. And you oh, can't yeah. keep, uh, you know, murders, rapist, arsonist shit like that. We can arrest him. And then we're going to turn around and let him, let him go immediately because, you know, yeah, I had, I had a situation last Friday, uh, for Memorial day, <clears throat> um memorial day weekend it was a friday so everything was going great it was like 12 30 a.m i left some zen in the car and i needed to go grab it so i went to grab it and there was a homeless guy underneath my stairwell and 
he's like, hey, can you charge my phone? And he's probably a little bit older than me. He's probably like 38. And I go, hold on, dude, I'm going to my car. And a part of me being a Christian wants to help him, wants to be mm-hmm. like, you know, give him. It, it was hot. Like I said, it was like 100 degrees for a while. Right. And and so I was like, all right, Andrew, be nice to this guy. So I offered him a Zen. I was like, do you smoke? He's like, yeah. I was like, here, try one of these. It's like nicotine, just straight up nicotine. And then uh, I go, let me see your phone. I'll see if I can charge it. And then um, I, I notice you're out of water. Let me take your water up. Let me fill it up. It's hot. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do a nice thing for this guy real quick. And then mm-hmm. I'll send him on his way. So I show up. My wife, we're watching the new Lord of the Rings. And she's like, what are you doing? Why Kick him out. Tell him to leave. And I'm like, I, I will. I will. Just let me try to help him out. Mm-hmm. And so I then give him all this stuff and I can't charge his phone. It's a different charger than an Apple phone. And so I go, Hey man, can't charge your phone. Here's some water. Um, uh, you see that, that, that push car right there. That's my little girl. So, you know, just, just don't mess with that, you know? And then by the way, you know, once you're done cooling off, you need a, you need a jet out of here. And I go, I'll check in an hour. So he's gone in an hour. And then the next day I go downstairs to do something with my daughter and there's a crack pipe in my daughter's car with resin all scraped on my daughter's car. And then uh, a dirty shirt and like flies are flying around it in my daughter's stroller. And uh, that's where the line is now drawn for me. Um, I have no time for homeless people. Anybody hearing this who feels sorry or has a family member that has become homeless. I'm sorry to hear that, but uh fuck them. Like I'm at the point now where, uh, figure it out because we have systems in place for you, especially in California Mm -hmm. for you to go to for shelter, for drug care, but you don't want to quit drugs. So that's why you're still on the streets begging for money. And who knows what he would have done to a woman that night. And like, right. I'm just at the point now where if I see any of that stuff going on, I feel like the opposite of Jesus now. Like, I feel like I have to do something of like, you need to get the, the hell out of here. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is not your home. This is my home. You're gone. Like, call me an asshole, but that's where I'm at now. Well, no, because, and, and here's my thing. Um, I'm the type of person that's going to tell somebody what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And I'm not going to normalize your behavior and tell you that it's okay. Um, and... You know, a lot of those people, they are on drugs and they do uh, not in their right mind a lot of times. And they do have the capability to, you know, hurt someone else 100%. To, to get the money that they need to go, you know, get more drugs. 100%. So it's not being unchristian. It is being a strong Christian when you don't coddle them and allow them to continue their their behavior pattern that that's wrong their behavior pattern is wrong and so yeah it's you know they're down a path and they're in the deep end of it and it's like they're at the ends meet their ends meet or whatever the end of that road that they've taken Mm -hmm. and it's like you're not gonna be at my doorstep bro get out of here well yeah because you have a wife you have kids to worry about you know and and like you said if it was a woman that night what would have happened what if things could have been very different very much. Yeah. And my wife, you know, she was nervous all night. She was looking, we called security, then income. And then, um, she was just, she said to me, she couldn't sleep. And so that was enough for me to be like, okay, mm-hmm. I won't tell her about it next time, but I'll make sure I take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that's California. That's uh oh yeah. It used to. I mean, I I remember in Kansas whenever I there's a Highway 54 that runs through it, and that's a pretty big highway. A lot of people mm-hmm. are on it. Yeah. And we would pick me and my friends would see a homeless dude in the summer, and we'd see him walking on the side, and we'd pick him up, take him to the next town because we we're going anyways, and uh every one of them would always be like we're heading out west we're heading to california so Mm -hmm. it's well yeah yeah. because you guys have the weather to sustain that oh yeah and that's why government um, (laughs) yeah and that's why uh states like california or texas have a very large homeless population because the weather is so much nicer yeah it's you know I, i don't know how to fix it and i know the way that this administration is pushing things it's only going to make it worse open mm-hmm. borders uh right just it's just going to make it worse but right i don't know what to do you know what i mean like i'm i'm at the point now where it's like well just protect my family kick them out um mm-hmm. it's 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 just a weird time it's weird times we're, we're living in that's yeah. just one example and you know it's too like a lot of the the states that have like uh homeless population issues uh it's not like they don't budget money for that, but the right. money is so mismanaged and so misused, you know, that it's just insane. And there for a while, like during the, again, pandemic, um, like putting homeless people up in fancy hotels to get them off of the street was insane to me because... You know, I mean, you have you have such a need for people, especially in California, that need housing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, because the housing costs out there are so insane and they're like, it's getting worse. Um, It's going to get worse in January. Uh, But with the, um, you know, the the price and the people out of the market and stuff like that out there. It's just created such a huge issue because people can't afford, you know, housing now, but they also don't have the money to move out of state. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I and people, a lot of people don't know how to move. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? A lot of people when they a lot of people Mm -hmm. that when they grow up somewhere, they don't know any better and they'll end up staying and renting until they're 90 years old mm-hmm. if they live that long under this stress. And right. I, I have a deep um, sadness for people out here who I run across because I have a plan to move in six years. Right. So like, I'm good. I have a plan. I have property in Kansas. I'm already paying towards. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I have a plan and right. the money's great out here. You make I mean, I'm a welder. I'm a- <laughs> well, you have to you have to make a lot of money because everything out there costs so much money. <laughs> Either that, or you you're gonna live with an entire ten people in a mm-hmm. three bedroom house, and mm-hmm. I, I see that all the time. I've noticed that when you're driving down streets, it's just you know it's like a normal house in Memphis or a normal house in uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence, Kansas, and it, there's car 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 car. They're just cars right and that lets me know oh yeah nobody can afford anything and so they're all living together a hundred percent that's a big deal i i mean houses went from i think it's happening everywhere i think a lot of places like rents going up like crazy california Mm -hmm. is just an easy example um it's uh it's it sucks for a guy who just you know got married and had a kid and who's looking to i was going to get property out here 
spend my, my hard-earned money on that property, sell it, take that money to the Midwest and relax. And, mm-hmm. and so um, a lot of people are doing that right, right now. Those people who did have property and they're like, wait a second, I bought this for $300,000 back mm-hmm. in 2006 and now it's going for $1.1 million. Okay, exactly. <laughs> let's sell this thing. Let's move to guess where? Idaho. Mm-hmm. So screw Idaho. I don't want to go there next because that's the next California. Chicken. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I am a chicken. I'm staying away from that place. Yeah. No, um, I've been to Idaho many times. and It's beautiful. It, it's like California. It's pretty. It's just not. It's not me. It's not. It's not me anything either. that I felt like home. Now I've I've lived all over the place. I've been, I've lived in Arizona. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, literally all over the place. Of course, now Tennessee. What's your and, favorite place? Just curious. Um, here, definitely Tennessee? here in Tennessee. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. I gotta check out Tennessee. Yeah, I love it so much here, and just the um, you know, the peace and quiet and like the area that we're in um, is nice because you can drive down the street and then you'll see a neighbor like come out of their house just to wave at you or whatever, which it's all about. Yeah. Living, living everywhere else I've ever lived has, has not been like that. So I have a hundred year old grandpa that passed away in 2020. This is his ribbon from his funeral, but uh, he, he, I I was lucky enough to take my wife and my stepdaughter to South Dakota to see him on his ranch when he turned a hundred. And the one thing advice that he gave us all kids, like he's got a ton of grandkids and Mm -hmm. all that. He said, um, he said, leave well enough alone and get to know your neighbors, love on your neighbors. And that'll stick with me for my whole entire life. I will always, even here in this small apartment complex that I'm in, I talked to this uh, 78-year-old guy the other day. He was carrying his water to his car, and he was wearing a Rams jersey. And I was like, you got to say something, Andrew. So I just was like, hey, how you doing, man? And then we talked for like 45 minutes, and he mm-hmm. just went on to tell me about life. And and I was like, well, I live right up there, so if you need anything, knock. You know, I saw a homeless guy here the other day, so let's just figure this out together. And right. I feel, I feel like people need to start doing that. Like, 100%. Um, it's, it's a very it's – a, it's a thing we need to do. Especially with um, with the times that we live in now and how everything's so like up in the air and uncertain and people are a little bit crazy. Um, Okay, a lot crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's good to know uh, you have people that you can go to if you need something. Um, They can come to you if they need something and somebody's always got your back. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. It's it's a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's. It, it, yeah, you know, I I noticed that people were posting a lot about something happening September twenty fourth. Uh-huh. Um, my friend at work, uh, did did do you know what's going on with all that? There's a lot of things that are coinciding with that. Yeah. Well, I I have a friend he because there was like a video of a German guy speaking yes, German saying, Parliament saying mm-hmm. on September twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. You'll remember where you were at that day and right. all this stuff. And I'm I, so I was kind of creeped out looking into it last night. And I showed this guy at work. He's a he's a very well researched guy. He dives deep into stuff. And he he showed me at the end of the day. 
He loves the Patriot Party podcast, by the way. Oh, he yeah. Will, he will not. <laughs> he loves Mick. I believe that's his name. Oh, yeah. And Mick's he awesome, the, dude. He loves the girl. Like he, Lynn. Yeah. Every day he comes up to me like, dude, they're saying this. They're hilarious. And uh, he loves them. So he um, he told me something might go down October 4th. He, like all like something Mick's into right now. But mm-hmm. he debunked that that September 24th, 2022 thing for me, because I, maybe I'm wrong, but he, he showed me this. Uh, it was filmed in February. And if you listen to the full video, he's talking about Ukraine getting invaded by Russia, that we will remember this day. February, he missed, he said something, and I don't know if this, you never know, but mm-hmm. he, he's, he misspoke and said September 24th, 2022, it will be a day you'll know. And he meant to say February 24th, 2022. Mm-hmm. I don't know I've if heard, you heard that. I've but. heard that too, but but here's the thing that um, made me wonder what the hell was up. Um, so we have, you know, documented food shortages going on the whole nine yards. You've got Biden's new um, EO about buying bioengineered humans and food um, and medicine. Okay. Um, that just took effect. The um, people that follow the market and the banking industry are saying to get your funds out by September the 23rd. Okay. Because they're predicting a market crash on the 24th. Um, you have the Department of Homeland Security that came out posting that uh September the 25th is see something, say something day. You have Denver doing a um, catastrophic emergency event on the 24th um, in Denver, which is like the hub for the United States. A lot of the transportation means go through there. Oh, yeah. Um, And they're handing out bug out bags. uh, and so, um, what, who are they handing those out to? Like the public, just like Her- here's Her a bag. One. But there's no, there's no food. There's no water. It's just toilet paper or something. It's toilet. One roll of toilet paper, a roll of paper towels, um, a bag of cotton balls, a big bag, like you know the normal big size bags that you get at the store, um, a thing of hydrogen peroxide, a a little uh, plastic bag of band aids. Um, there was a flashlight and some batteries and that's your bug out bag. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what what's the, go- what yeah. am I going to like take off nail polish or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm just like, okay. So all of these things together make zero sense to me, but there's so many things like coinciding at once. And then for Homeland security to be like, Oh yeah, by the way, if you see anything on the 25th, make sure you take down all these emergency reporting numbers and report it. Yeah, no, that's weird. That's huh? weird. Yeah, that's weird. all within all within 2 3 days of each other. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, you never know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it's uh, And we don't and it could be Nothing but they're hiring <clears throat> actors for their uh crisis event, you know, that's taking place on the 24th. 
could be just false flags all over, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a whole bunch of bullshit. Yeah. They I, I know they do it. I mean, they the mm-hmm. FBI kidnapped what was it? The the governor Tri- of, of tried Michigan. To, yeah, tried to cr- try yeah. to kidnap Governor Whitmer and then being like, oh, see, it's the MAGA people, they're crazy. That's what it is. No, it's all FBI. No, agents. it's your FBI, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. These people are are they're absolute idiots. Um yeah. I it, I, I I know right now we're under this administration and clearly they're evil and they're idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, what do we do? You know, I, I like me as a, as an American citizen, all I have is the right to vote, you know, and mm-hmm. that's all, that's all we all really get. That's what our founding fathers created our, all this stuff for was, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, if you don't like it, come every four years, every two years or whatever, right. you get a vote. And so, that's like I like I, I hear all these issues and I, I do want to be aware, you know, mm-hmm. and and right. uh, but I have some people at work who are just like, um, you know, gung ho for the end of days or something. I don't know. Just like it's here. It's here. And I'm like, just relax, man. Like um, I noticed this is what I noticed when Trump was in office. The left was shitting their pants. Right. Uh, now that the left is in office, a lot of the right are shitting their pants. Right. And so I, I'm guilty of that. And and so I'm just trying to figure out. I don't know. I, I there's a lot of fear mongering and on I, both sides, both sides. And it's mm-hmm. a tactic used on both sides. hundred percent. And so I I don't draw too much energy into that. Like my right. co- Same. Some of my coworkers. Yeah. I like to look into like the moon landing and like Mm -hmm. the flat earth. Um, uh, In the scheme of things, it may seem not that important, but it's bigger than any of the fucking false flags they could throw my way. That's like petty shit, like compared to like, what is the big truth? And uh, um, so I've been just diving more into that lately, but for anybody listening, that's, it, they get worried and what and all that stuff. This stuff's been going on forever. Oh like yeah, I, absolutely. I was, I was thinking of my hundred year old grandpa and what he saw. Mm-hmm. That dude saw everything, right? <laughs> like, like even past night, like like, but, but right after the first world war, mm-hmm. all the way up until twenty twenty. Right. So, I mean, absolutely. And you know, um, if you believe in God, you shouldn't be fearful anyway exactly you know and whatever is going to happen is going to happen and i know a lot of people are like oh but that's so nonchalant like you should do something you know god has everything planned out and and what will be is going to be um we can do our best every day to uh, survive and and be loving and kind to each other and you know try to you know educate people get knowledge out there but that is our job that's that is only our job and it's nothing else it's not to change somebody else's behavior or you know anything like that that's not up to us you know, that's up to each person individually. And so all we can do is, is do our best and, and not live in continual constant states of fear. No, there's a great verse. It's Jeremiah. I, th- <clears throat> I think it's Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, I have plans to prosper you and not mm-hmm. to forsake you. Right. And, and um, so 
I I just think of that verse. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, these because I mean, at the end of the day, these people want you to live in fear. Like, right? It's their it's what they get off on, uh, right? And that's their that's their um, means of manipulation, right? And so yeah. they've throughout history and all the psychological experience experiments and stuff that they've done, it's always to um, instigate some kind of response, uh, a fear, or anger, or, you know, uh, not being liked or whatever, because those are emotions that are easy to manipulate. If you're joyful in your life, you can't be manipulated at all. No, people want to steal your light. I'll, I'll promise you that. Yeah, but they can't. But the, no, no, exactly. Yeah. You got to surround yourself. If you're in a situation where you're always feeling doom and gloom or down and out, mm-hmm. get the fuck you've out got, of that situation. You've got some toxicity on your yeah. life that needs to go. <laughs> yeah. Meet new friends. Get with new people. Get with, I don't know, people who make you laugh. Um, mm-hmm. uh yeah, I'm learning that because I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind of stuck in Southern California and a lot of my close friends are in the Midwest and I'm learning who to wean out and I know some people 100%. can't wean out other like some people you can't get out of your life but you need to know how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's I I have a lot of hope for the future. Um, I do too. I I'm not too worried about a lot of things going on. I feel like uh there's ups and downs, ups and downs, and that saying hard times make uh, hard, or I believe it's weak men make hard times, hard times mm-hmm. make strong men, strong men, men make good times. I just feel like we're in the right. weak men make hard times right now, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll shift, it'll move yeah, on. Yeah, and it and it does, and it always does, right? Um, and that's with generational changes, and you know, uh, there's so many. Ki- kids nowadays that are just yeah I yeah because their their parents didn't teach them like morals or values or whatever but you know the generation like you having your own kids now and raising those kids and instilling the morals and values because um where the breakdown in society was was when we went through that phase where everybody's special and everybody gets a trophy right? oh yeah And, you know, uh, pacify them like everyone's a baby. And so that creates weak people. And so because of that, you know, you're seeing a shift in people now where they're like, you know what, we kind of like shit the bed on that one. And now we're going to have to start like teaching morals and values again, like my parents and grandparents had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. If that means taking the kids out of school, take the kids out of school, like, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, I, I urge people to move, try right. moving. If you're like, Hey, this city sucks. Like, right. I'm telling you, you can do it. It's not, yeah. it's not the, it's not hard. And I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like the energy that you will get from deciding to, you know, being in a positive take control, place. take control. <laughs> yeah. Taking control of your life and moving to a place where you feel like, this is a positive place like Tennessee mm-hmm. or like, yep, like absolutely. even Kansas. I don't want to blow Kansas up because I kind of like that nobody knows about it. But uh, 
but yeah everybody moved to kansas no yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's gonna just these inner cities are gonna bleed like they they started going to texas Mm -hmm. pretty soon they're gonna find out about tulsa and 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 they're gonna go from oklahoma to wichita to wichita to kansas city it's it'll spread which is good right i mean I, i i feel like people need to we are so underpopulated. I don't care what anybody says about overpopulation. We are so underpopulated. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't believe the numbers that they no. uh, spew out there. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the same kind of science as uh, how many miles away the moon is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that 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 moon tape measure that they have. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because if you think about, like, if you ever see surveyors you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that are out there with the actual measuring equipment. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Hmm, now how in the hell would they know, especially since we can't go to space, how far away the earth and the moon were? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't get it. In the <laughs> night, like the moon's 230,000 miles away. The, and it's the same size as the sun. Mm-hmm. And, and the sun is 93 million miles away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the numbers. And then that light you're receiving from that star is 2.7 billion years old in light years. And that so it's like, okay. um, is a hell of a lot of math. Mm-hmm. I'm too stupid for that. <laughs> I'm too stupid. I have a mathematician boss. And, <laughs> and if I'm being honest, he respects me a lot because I'm like his go-to guy and um, I started diving into flat earth and I started asking him about the numbers. Like I'm not afraid about being made fun of or anything. And mm-hmm. I'm still, I, I, I don't know if it's flat. I don't know if it's round. I don't know if it's triangle. I don't know what it is, but like all I know is they're feeding us some shit. And mm-hmm. so I told him, you know, how far a light year is like, he broke it down. He actually did. And after he read it to me, I just started laughing. I was like, so that light is 1.8 billion years old. I just, yeah. And mm-hmm. And then global warming, you know, or whatever, uh, climate change, climate or change or whatever it is called today. Uh, so you're, you're telling me in this span that the earth is mm-hmm. 4 billion years old in this span. And we are a tiny, tiny speck of time on that span. Mm-hmm. And yet we're, f- we're screwing it all up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I get it. Carbon emissions is bad in China and Bangkok. I've been to Bangkok. I've been, I've been around the world and, they have no laws and they're burning everything. Right. And so it's like, why, why I want to be like, Hey, Gavin Newsom, come here, bro. Let's go to, let's go to Bangkok real quick. All right. And then show he would love to. Yeah. He probably would. All the lady boys. Um, Yeah. He'd probably get down with those. Not to mention he's got a lot of China deals. So. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I just, we we as uh, podcasters like we we like to look into information because we don't want to get mm-hmm. on here and sound stupid. So right. like when you start looking into this information, you just sit back and you go, you start putting the dots together, and you're like, mm-hmm. wait, well, you're implementing that here, but you have that deal there, mm-hmm. and you're making that much there, but you're making exactly. us throw away our gas powered lawnmowers, and like yet your jet is parked here, and and exactly. you go to you go to Davos in that jet with with Mm-hmm. Uh, 200 other people in their jets mm-hmm. wait wait a second like it's it's just but it's you it's you that's it's the me. problem it's it's and yeah. it's cow 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 burps mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's it's pretty silly <laughs> it's all silly at the end of the day and um i you know 
New York podcast. He hit me up. Thank you, by the way. I got I got to give you a big thank you because I've had podcasters reach out to me and um, they asked me like what my forte is, like what 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 my deal yeah. is, and I'm like. I just am a blue collar guy that likes to see weird stuff and call it out. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't know much. I know about, you know, the Illuminati and, and LeBron James and Drake and all them and the music side of it and the Hollywood mm -hmm. side of it. I'm actually pretty knowledgeable with that. But like, um, I, I just kind of told him, you know, I just, I don't know what I am, but I, I just feel like I'm a, a guy who sees through the bullshit, I guess. Exactly. Like, pretty, You're a critical thinker. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I, I, yeah, to go off of, you asked me yesterday if I had any uh, trauma in my life. Mm -hmm. I did growing up like uh, in a small town that was really judgmental because, you know, my parents were like the first parents to get divorced. So like they judged, I don't know, it was just weird. And right. then my family, you know, I love my mom. I love my dad they're amazing people uh but together they weren't they were toxic and so right. same so, as mine yeah so um there was a lot of like i don't know about if i i don't want to say i don't like being a victim i don't like you know i don't have a victim mentality uh but if i if i think back to the core of you know why i am who i am the decisions i've made right um i feel like in the past i was a black sheep and now I now I feel like looking into the future, it's helped me mm -hmm. because I'm not afraid to not be accepted. I wasn't growing right. up. So it's like right. it's easy for me to be like a critical thinker, like you mm -hmm. just said. Yeah. And um, I I don't know how it's it slipped past so many other people. I think a lot of people are waking up. I think a lot of people see the I bullshit. Do too. Yeah. I think we're just the ones talking about it. We're the ones sticking our necks out there and getting. Yeah, because not everybody has the. The backbone to do so no and and um i want my daughter to look back and be like yeah my dad was this was my dad you know my i dad? want her to no she's gonna go my dad is a badass i hope so you know yeah, what i mean absolutely yeah. and i want her to feel strong and empowered to think for herself when she's older but mm -hmm. um yeah, I grew up in a really religious town, and Same. <laughs> I, I, what I'm not condoning it, but like a lot of my friends chewed tobacco, and that's why you know I've quit tobacco. I've been on these for like three years, mm -hmm. um, and so uh, like I had dated a girl my freshman year. She was a singer, and <clears throat> she had told me she's like she broke up with me in a, <clears throat> in a weird way. She's like. Uh, <clears throat> She goes, God told me to break up with you. And and like that messed me up a little bit. I was like, first of all, you got a landline to God. Like, what the hell? And then uh um and then she hooked up with my best friend like a month later. And so I was just like, uh, I just was jaded by by the church and by right. um the way that they would show up on Sunday. And then um, be hypocrites on Monday, be very hypocrites on Monday or judge me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I got a good heart, man. I promise I got a real good heart. I, right. I, I'll go out of the way for anybody. And um, and I know you will go to church and then go stay in your house and mm -hmm. like you won't do anything with your life. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can go to church and you can find what you need out of it. And I, I don't condone church. I don't. Um, I I just condone the hypocrisy of it. And I feel like it's, it's, it's pushed people away 
from right from things that they could have been in contact with a lot of people mature and they they either hit a low and then they mm-hmm. find god mm-hmm. or they they find him in basically in their lows and uh mm-hmm. so yeah so i i, I, I kind of have an issue with the church in that aspect but at the same time everything's evolving and right. i have friends now who were drunks cheaters um alcoholics and basically drug addicts that are now pastors and those guys are awesome maybe that's for maybe that those guys are for me and maybe the maybe the sober pastor who's whatever is for the the yeah and and you know the thing about that is um like god always wanted the broken people or the people that were lost you know the the prostitutes and you know people like that it wasn't like going after the elites or going after, you know, whatever the most popular crowd or, or whatnot. And so he uses everybody in different ways. You know what I mean? And so those people make the most amazing pastors because they can speak to their life experience and how, you know, through the path through Christ that that made them into the person they're they're supposed to be very relatable mm-hmm. those people a lot of the broken people I, I'll admit I, I was broken um, um, I was broken and so for me to see or for me to come away from that or for to see a guy who's preaching who's come away from that mm-hmm. it's very it's very relatable and I feel like there's a lot of us that are oh, broken. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. so it's it's always good to see that or not and I don't wish brokenness on anybody but like um but for those that are I do wish that they see um the people that have come out of it and are inspired 100%. to do so like I understand that I'll never be perfect and that's where mm-hmm. you got to go easy on yourself like right um if you start really getting into the straight and narrow of walking your you know like Christians can kind of look at it as levels like right like that pastor's above my level because he's a pastor he's choosing right. to be so that's not how it works it's um it's a very one-on-one personal basis I think mm-hmm. um, I think so too yeah yeah uh, I remember my buddy he was playing catch with his dad and during Father's Day and then I went over there and he's like I wanted to play you know and he's like hey man go home it's, it's Father's Day and then I went home and my dad wasn't there so like I would, I went to the basement crying and just feeling alone. And then I asked God, I was a little kid. I was like, God, will you be my dad? And mm-hmm. I feel like ever since I asked him that, I really do feel like I don't worry about a lot of things because I have my father with 100%. me all the time. Yep. And um, that's, you, you know, you asked me about my trauma. I would say stuff like that was my trauma growing mm-hmm. up, just feeling judged, feeling unworthy. Right. Um, and uh, in all reality, what God's blessed me with is amazing. My wife is such an amazing More person. than you could yeah. ever imagine. And that's the yeah. same. That's what I wanted to um, why I'm glad that you brought that up, because going from feeling unworthy and, you know, unloved and alone and judged and, and whatever to now having 
that different part of your life filled by your wife and your kids and knowing that you are deserving and you are worthy because that's what you have. Yeah. That's what was provided for you. I'm really trying to work on blocking my generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, my, it takes I, a while to work it, through that. Yeah. I, I, I see some anger come out of me and I'm like, Hey, you got to stop. You got, mm-hmm. I see some uh, judgmental stuff coming out of me and I'm like, no, that's not your place. Right. And I, I really am working on it, especially in my marriage. And, uh, I, I don't want my daughter to see me and my wife fight. You know, I saw right. my dad fight my mom. I saw my mom Same. fight my dad. And uh, yeah. And I mean, all the we, time, all the time. Behind yeah. each other's backs. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So I, I really am trying to break that generational trauma and um, I know it's there. So right. I, I, I need to work on it. Whether I, whether we hit a point where I'm like, you know, maybe we needed some therapy, like manning up to it and being like, maybe we need some therapy on this topic and, uh, and then fixing it. And right. so that's what marriage is literally all about. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the love stories you see in Hollywood. I promise it's uh, yeah. There's moments when you first meet him that it feels like that, but then life hits you fast. Joe Biden becomes your president. <laughs> uh, freaking. You and the in- world goes insane. <laughs> yeah. The housing market is out the ass. So you're working your butt off with no, to get no money. Um, Yeah. So things happen. It's not the movies. And, uh, but it's a choice to wake up and say, I'm going to choose you every day Mm -hmm. to your wife and to your husband. So it's, it's a, and it'll be a blessing at the proper time. You'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. That's how long, how long have you guys been married? We've been together about five years, been married to, and okay. I know, I know, I know it's super young. So it's like, um, hard to like, look at my life and be like, dang, he did it. Cause I, I'm, I'm in the infant stages of it. Yeah. And that, that changes because in your first five years, that's when, uh, your communication grows and you learn, uh, the ins and outs of each other and, uh, accepting of, you know, like you don't, load the dishwasher right or you don't put the toilet seat down or you don't put the toilet paper on right or you know whatever working yeah. out all those uh the silly just goober things that you know we stress about that are just you know oh yeah it'll eat it's it so you. Like, it's something yeah. that you didn't know you like yeah. would be annoyed by like me I, I didn't know i had an issue with like if i'm watching a tv show like the lord of the rings that or or the new game of thrones or something the new series yeah yeah it's have you been watching it yeah isn't it good yeah. i like the new series uh but anyways uh like she'll grab like a bag of chips and just start, and i'm like like i just like put those back ah, yeah, yeah it's funny a little triggers and i'm like but, okay you need children yeah and see those are like i said the first five years of marriage that's when you um like work those things out and and either accept them or not accept them and that's when it creates a problem yeah and so like for us because we've been together for so long it's so easy we don't fight we don't argue like we are so like the whole house is our is our people cave you know what i'm saying where you we don't have to have like separate areas Okay. Like most good. couples yeah. do, you know, like we enjoy spending time together and being together and acting, acting a fool together. Yeah. 
Good for you guys. I, lo- I like to hear that. Yeah. But you found your best friend, you know? Oh, yeah. Like- and oh, my God. I went through so many shit bags. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. And it was the same thing like you growing up and, and, and having that like I'm not good enough and like my sister's better than me and they had their favorite and I wasn't it. And, you know, the them two fighting constantly and my mom flipping my dad off behind his back literally all the time and you know uh, all of that stuff growing up and and it taught me like going through all these shitty relationships one after the other each time was a learning lesson for me and I'm like okay each time I'm getting smarter going okay yeah we're not gonna do that no more we're not gonna accept this behavior anymore and so I had to go through all of those awful things to actually find the person that I was meant to be with, because as I'm learning and growing from each relationship, I'm also working on myself and letting go of all that baggage and stuff that people tend to bring into relationships. And so by the time we met, it's like, you know, uh, it's so crazy because we met over the internet playing a game on Facebook. That's awesome. Like when it, when Facebook very first started, Okay. Um, it had games. I don't know. Do you remember yeah. Farmville and stuff yeah. like that? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. We met through a game called Sex Games. Believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> and we just started like chit chatting, and I was like, kept getting that feeling. I'm like getting this like message from God, going, "This is your person. This is your person." And he's like, "I'm not." interested in a relationship i'm just getting out of a marriage and i don't want to be serious with anybody like i want to sell my oats and blah 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 and i was like okay that's what you say but once you meet me you're gonna change your mind and good that happened and he flew to see me for thanksgiving one year and we've been together ever since yeah How, how long have you guys been together Almost 15 years now. That's a long, that's a good chunk. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. No, you're good. That, wow. Congratulations. Good for you yeah. guys. It so sounds it, like you guys have figured each other out. Like, oh, yeah. And like I said, very well. you know, the first, the first five years, it's all about the communication skills and, you know, getting your, getting your routines and your life down pat. You know what I mean? Throw a kid in a recession in there and it's a little tough. Uh, <laughs> it's it's tough uh but there's nothing that you can't work to work through true. together because so you're stronger together yeah. than you are apart i was like an asshole to women i really was i was uh before i met my wife i i i lived in newport beach if anybody knows about newport beach it is party central oh, yeah beautiful <laughs> women watch beautiful the ot oh yeah yeah and <laughs> And, you know, a lot of guys have a tough time letting it go. You mm-hmm. know, there's a yeah. lot of cocaine, a lot of drinking, a lot of girls, a lot of boats, a lot yeah. of a lot of beach. And uh, <clears throat> so I had some pretty rough relationships. I tried to be in one and I realized, wow, I was an asshole when that ended. I just was like, wow. So I moved out of that. I lived oceanfront. I, I lived off 50th Street in oceanfront. And like we lived on the second story floor. So I. I would walk out, to be honest, the coolest part about living oceanfront is when there was a full moon over the ocean. Nothing mm-hmm. cooler than that. 3 a.m. getting right. a glass of water, just staring out. 
and I don't miss it because the parking was crap. But um, but yeah, I, I left that after that relationship. And I said I, I was 29 and I had a real I had to look myself in the mirror and be like, who are you, man? And I mm-hmm. let go of all my friends. I was literally alone. And that's when I started doing music with uh, mm-hmm. uh, Scotty and Charm. And I met this Sweden guy. His name is Tim. And Tim became my best friend. And I let all my friends go. When I say all of them, I met even my brother. Right. And um, and I healed. And I told God, I go, don't bring me anything unless you want me to marry that person. And he brought mm-hmm. me my wife. And exactly. I, met her, I met her at a Christmas party at my work. And and uh and I just said, okay, this is the one. I had to be ready. I had to be ready because right. a lot of young men who are my and they're, you know, if they're if they're looking at Instagram and they're looking at the way the world and social media runs, it's telling you not to get married. It's telling you to go work out and, and don't have kids. Don't have kids. Right. And basically, you know, be successful, work on your career, mm-hmm. uh, get that money and and uh if you constantly live inside that, you'll be 45, 50 years old and you'll probably have no kids, exactly. probably have no wife. And so if you really are passionate about, you know, meeting somebody that you want to marry, you really got to look in deep and ask God for that. I really do think he, Amen to that. he will bless the desires of your heart. So, yeah, I went through that, through that same thing. And I was just like, you know, like I said, crap relationship after crap relationship and I just I took the dog out one day and I just sat like on the steps and I was like God please just like send me who my my person is like bring me my soulmate yeah and it happened and I just had that feeling I was like I know this is my person and it's really weird when that happens but I just knew it so yeah that's what's up that's yeah. what's up i uh i brought my guitar if you awesome. wanted me to play you something yes absolutely um, please i don't know how it'll sound on everything but uh let me see i'm not the best guitar player but i'm not bad i've been playing for a while but i have friends that uh can you hear that oh yeah um i have friends who I taught how to play guitar because I, I just played the acoustic like G. And then they went on to like shred and like they, they went to school for it and they learned. Uh, I think it's called music theory. And so you. Yeah, I can't. I can't read music. <laughs> I, uh, well, I just, like that I just uh, wrote this song. My wife would lay in bed and I'd play this for her. And it's it's a lullaby for my daughter. But. It goes like this. So I I recorded it. It's on a loop and I'll try to play this. uh... Okay, there it is.
that's uh that's a little riff i like to nice thank you yeah i just like to play that for my little girl and whatnot but um there's other stuff if you look up uh drew logan uh home you'll you'll hear some r&b stuff i've done and uh one second, let me shut this bad boy off. But I haven't played in a long time, and after you talked to me, I was like, dude, I need to pick up my guitar again and get after it. Ah, uh, see? There is a reason, <clears throat> my dear, behind everything. Oh, yeah. 100%. And see, my husband does that, too, because uh, he's a bass player. Okay. And um, also guitar. But, like, he didn't play for a really long time, and I'm like, why not? And it all stemmed from like a bad experience because he was a worship leader at church. Okay. And then um, when he got divorced, like the church kind of like shit on him. And so um, he quit playing for a long time. And then he met me and I'm like, you need to play again. I'm like, I want to hear it. And so then he, you know, started picking it up again. Yeah. So, yeah. Keep, keep encouraging him to play. Like, mm-hmm there's nothing better than when my wife's like, I want to, I want you to play me a song. And mm-hmm. I'm not really an electric guy. I'm more of an acoustic guy, but, um, but, um, yeah, it's music is, uh, I feel like it's, um, it's, it's a great, healing. It's healing. Uh, yeah. it's super healing therapeutic. I think the thing I miss the most about Kansas is sitting on my front porch underneath mm-hmm. the stars, playing my acoustic guitar. Right. Cause you and don't get a ah. chance to see a whole lot of stars out there. I'm sure. No, with with all the smog and uh, wildfire ash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I hope I I pray for California. I don't want to see it go the way it's going. I yeah, amen to that. I really um, I get I get that there's a lot of problems here, and I feel like there's a lot of guys like me here, and so um, if somehow, some way, we can just show love to our neighbors, mm-hmm. and then have them be like, who is this guy? Who is this dude? Right. And then get them to know who, like, people will change. I mean, right. But there's just Hollywood's infiltrated the crap out of this place and mm-hmm. they've, they've got their agendas. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's always um, a problem with the leadership and never the people. So, yeah. Much. yeah. So, you know, because they're, especially in the area that you live in, it's a very good area. So, yeah, Orange County, it's it's great. We we literally stayed open during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like we were like the restaurants. Newport Beach was completely open, um, mm-hmm. and then we heard L.A. There was definitely a, a section like oh yeah, there was L.A. and then there was Orange County, mm-hmm. and and the people who lived in L.A. who came to work, we were always wearing masks all the, the time. Yeah, because they they had vines. I have a a friend that. I went to high school with that moved there like right after we graduated and he's been there ever since. And, and it's like talking about, you know, shutting off utilities for people that didn't comply or the, you know, $1,200 fines or just whatever. It was crazy. So, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I'm really curious, like in 10 years or whatever, in 20 years, what it's going to be like, yeah. What they're going to look back and say about this whole pandemic and um yeah i know maybe some people lost lives i don't know but like for me and my family it wasn't bad at all it Mm -hmm. was it was nothing um yeah it was just a 
bunch of hoobla boobla. If anything, I'm just annoyed. I'm just like annoyed at the stupidity of it. I'm just like, exactly. I'm at the point now where I'm like, dude, this is just so dumb. Like, why are we, why are you still wearing a mask? Why are you still doing this? Like, I just, you're, you're under your own spell. A hundred percent. You need yeah. to get out from under it. But hopefully yeah. that'll happen. I'm My dear, it was an absolute pleasure to have another chat with you. I just simply adore you and I'm, I'm so, it. so happy that you're doing uh, your show now. And so where can people find you at? Well, first of all, thank you. And I have to give you kudos. Like, <clears throat> I'm not saying I'm going to blow up to be any massive podcaster, but if I ever did, <laughs> I would say deplorable Janet hooked it up. She was the first <laughs> plug. Um, I just know a lot of people. <laughs> you're, you've been nothing but very sweet to me and very kind, open arms. I feel like I'm taken care of in the podcast world by you mm-hmm. and, and, you know, White Rabbit, shout out. And even New York Patriot, all these people who just reached out to me on your behalf and mm-hmm. uh, have just been very kind. So uh, you can find me. My YouTube channel is DrewCast. So Drew, like podcast, but DrewCast. Um, I have except you won't find our episode. No, you won't find our episode. <laughs> you will. You will find our episode. It, it's not in video form. Um, I'll have to probably message you about where to put my videos from now on, the, especially the ones that are a little bit whatever mm-hmm. or whatever. I can't racy topics. Whatever. <laughs> I, like, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> It's just, it's still flabbergasts me that they're like, yeah, yeah. Um, you, what is it? Our community guidelines that you went, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you guys are pussies. Sorry. But anyways. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you so, violated our pussy guidelines. Yeah. But meanwhile, you can show a cartel killing over exactly. here. And exactly. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever, assholes. Yeah. Uh, so um, you can find the Drewcast podcast uh, on anything, Apple Music or Apple podcast or Spotify podcast. It's spelled like this. If you see that it's, it's the drew is in green and the white is in, or the cast is in white. Nice. There's, a, there's a couple other drew casts. So just don't click those. Just click the one with the green drew and the white cast. Um, but yeah. Um, if thank you, you. Pick the other ones. They're not you. <laughs> yeah. They're not me. You're going to, I think one guy is sitting in his car. I, I like kind of look through them and, one guy's sitting in his car show, or talking about how to do a, Rubik's, a cube. Rubik's cube. Yeah. <laughs> For 13 minutes. So if you oh. listen to that one, enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah. That's not my kind of show, but whatever. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I try to be a little bit more entertaining, but Janet, well, thank you so much. Seriously. I absolutely. Um, I'm very honored that you were on my show. So Everybody go like, subscribe, share, comment, download all of his stuff. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, Also, make sure you like, subscribe, share, comment, download mine. Duh. And then uh, you can always catch the video versions on Roku TV on Patriot Podcast Network. One more thing. Sorry. One more thing. Go ahead. If you want to find my music... Uh, you can look up the Andrew Logan band on YouTube and you'll see me as a young little 20 year old. And then if you want to find my newest music, it's on Spotify, Apple music, and just look up drew Logan and you should see it. I have a song called Te Amo that I wrote for my wife, uh, a song called games that I wrote with a friend. The one I showed you home, 
Mm -hmm. I, That's um, really good. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we used, uh, <clears throat> I forget, uh, you got a fast car. We used that song uh, for the background. Tracy it, Chapman. Yeah, it's a Tracy Chapman uh, sound with a beat behind it. So I think a lot of people, they they've tend to like that one a lot. So if you get the chance, just look up Drew Logan on Spotify or Apple Music and check those out. I also wrote a song about being a werewolf. So yeah, look at that one. That one's uh -oh. called Logan. Yeah. Gonna have to get you hooked up with a cryptid show. So there you go. Heck yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. My dear, thank you again so much for coming on my show and gracing me with your lovely presence. And for me and for Drew, we'll see you next time, guys. Have a good one.